Sometimes you need to take control to make a difference. That's why with FlexPath from Capella University, you're in control. Set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move at a pace that works for you. Discover a different way forward at capella.edu. When you sign up for BP Me Rewards, you can get five cents off every gallon of gas every time at BP or Amico stations. That means more savings and more whatever you'd like to use your savings on. So treat yourself. It's on us. Visit bp.com slash save to learn more. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. And as we have been doing for the past 28 years, we're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to find out about the programming we have available for you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Also, uh, today is the official release date for the June-July edition of the X Chronicles newspaper that is available with our compliments at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com and the figures were are in from last month's edition. The X Chronicles was read and downloaded in 7,929 identified places around the world. And uh, that's what we call... Um, identified IP addresses. Unidentified, 12,320. Thank you very much, Exxon Nation. Since, nine, uh, since uh, let me see, what year? 1990, the Exxon uh, Chronicles newspaper has been coming to you monthly. And once again, xchroniclesnewspaper.com. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is a good friend of the Exxon. Stephen Bassett is the executive director of the Paradigm Research Group. Founded in 1996 to end a government-imposed embargo on the truth behind extraterrestrial-related phenomena. Steve has spoken to audiences around the world about the implications of formal disclosure by world governments of an extraterrestrial presence engaging the human race and given over 1,000 radio and television interviews. PRG's advocacy work has been extensively covered by the national and international media including being featured on CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, Washington Post, New York Times, New York Magazine, Washington Times, Chicago Tribune. Now in 2013, PRG produced a citizen's hearing on disclosure at the National Press Club in Washington. In November of 2014, PRG launched two political initiatives in Washington, D.C. One sought the first hearing on Capitol Hill since 1968, gang, regarding the E.T. presence issue. The other sought to inject the E.T. issue, uh, raising for a, um, a documentary, no, I'm sorry, into the 2016 uh, presidential campaign. In January of 2018, PRG announced it was in pre-production and uh, fundraising for a documentary titled Disclosure. Stephen Bassett has been uh, in many documentary films and television shows, and he lectures and interviews uh, all over the place. You can find Stephen Bassett wherever there is any talk about disclosure. And joining me now is Stephen Bassett. Stephen, always great having you here on the show. Rob, it's good to be with you again, my friend. It's been a while. It has been, and you have to be the hardest-working guy that I know when it comes to getting the Disclosure Project going. And, Steve, are we any closer to to finally getting Disclosure on the ET issue? Uh, We are. There are major developments. 
Uh, and if it wasn't for the rather extraordinary political <clears throat> situation we're in now, like, it's very chaotic, uh, but the news is all over it. And it's not, it would be better known. It would be, the, it would be the biggest story right now in the world, I think. But uh, the politics right now is completely dominating the media's uh, attention. I understand that, yeah. and that will continue for a while. What is, I can give the narrative to you. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, what is the story that you would put ahead of all the news uh, that would bring what I believe is, is something very important that, that mm. points to disclosure? Uh, I, I'll give you a, I've got a two-and-a-half-hour presentation that I've, been developed, I've developed this year, which I'm uh, presenting, uh, and uh, I'll be doing that in Roswell uh, at the festival in July, I think. I have a full two hours there. And it's getting pretty pretty solid. It's essentially a narrative, and I'll I'll give you the the summary, the, sure. the, the the short version of this narrative. And again, it's it's an assessment that I have come up with after intensely following this for twenty years and and engaging the issue and engaging many of the, some of the players in it. Uh, I can't guarantee everything aspect every aspect of it is correct, but uh, I I have a strong feeling that it's close to the the, the truth. The narrative is this the. The, the the presidency of Bill Clinton was approached in 93 by Rockefeller, Lawrence Rockefeller. It was time to tell the people the truth. The Cold War was over. Uh, we'd won, I guess you could say. And the the suppression of the uh, E.T. Uh, reality, it was in its 44th year, 45th year. That's a long time. I don't think even the people that founded the truth embargo back in the 40s and 50s expected it to be this long. And it was time to know. And so he approached the Clinton administration. He would have approached H.W. Bush had he won. And what Clinton found out was that, well, uh, I may be the president, and I may be the boss of the entire military intelligence complex when it comes to this issue. Uh, forget about it. And essentially, he was stonewalled. He wasn't happy about it either. This went on for three years. Ultimately, mm -hmm. they threw him a bone. He, he, wanted to, he asked the Air Force to... Uh, this is in 96, early 97, he asked the Air Force to look at the Roswell thing again, which is uh, one of the, the decisions that was made during the Rockefeller Initiative. Let's focus on Roswell. Big mistake. And the Air Force did. They, they put a $20 million report together, and they announced it in 1997 at the Pentagon. And one of the reasons I think they responded to Clinton's request, they could have just said, forget it, right? We we, you, you, this is not an area we talk about with, with presidents. One of the reasons they did it was is that they had a real problem at that, that period from 94 to 97. Philip Corso, the former Army intelligence officer and uh, staffer of Eisenhower's National Security Council, came out with a book, Day After Roswell, mm -hmm. selling like hotcakes, biggest seller in the Pentagon bookstore, essentially confirming Roswell was the real deal. Then you had... Stephen Schiff, demanding records from the government. Uh, he was the congressman from New Mexico. And in complaining when he was given the runaround, you had the Roswell anniversary coming up, the 50th, the big one, with uh, some estimates of maybe 200,000 people were going to be there. And they realized they, they, they sort of had a, a problem. And so this kind of uh, was a, was a two-for-one for the Air Force. They, 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 they satisfied Clinton's request, put out this, this uh, report called Roswell Case Closed, and then announced it to the Pentagon in one of the most ludicrous press conferences ever, where Colonel John Haynes went in front of the, the, the press at the Pentagon mm -hmm. and said, look, uh, we have the answer for Roswell. We can tell you now. It wasn't that original balloon we said. It was another balloon. It's called a mogul balloon, real high-secrecy thing. It was detecting uh, uh, nuclear events in, in, in the Soviet Union, etc. And even though technology surpassing that had been out for years and years and years, we just couldn't say anything. And so that's what that was. And by the way, all that talk about bodies, because there had been a lot of talk about bodies. Uh, well, we're pretty sure that was uh, crash test dummies that the Air Force was testing. They dropped them out of airplanes out the southwest there. And, and people were stumbling across them. Not in 47, but 1952, which is when they started doing that. And uh, even though the crash test dummies were like six feet tall, blonde-headed uh, Ken dolls, yeah. They, they, they misunderstood them as being four-and-a-half-foot grays with giant black eyes. And the press was laughing their head off. They were sitting there just laughing. It, 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 was, it was an absolute disgrace for the Air Force. 
uh, Marine Dowd, inestimable columnist for the New York Times, wrote an article very shortly after that, a few days later, in the New York Times saying it was all bunk. <laughs> really? She never wrote a thing after that, but she certainly saw a bunk when she saw it. And that was the end of that. And the long and the short of it is, is that the political team that made up the Clinton, I guess you could say uh, the Clinton uh, White House, uh, which included uh, his wife, Hillary, of course, jo- jo- George Stephanopoulos, and Leon Panetta, chief of staff, Mike Mc- Mark McClarty, chief of staff, Webster, over- Webster Hubble over at Justice, uh, Bill Richardson, very close to the Clinton Secretary of Energy, Al Gore, vice president. This group, which had very significant political ambitions, three of them uh, were to run for president later on, made a decision that they were never going to speak of this again, that it happened or whatever we're going to do about it, we're not going to talk about it because it could undermine our political possibility. And that's exactly what they did. They went silent on it. But I believe that Hillary Clinton made a decision uh, around the time that Bill is finishing up his term in, in, 19, in 2000 that she was going to be the first woman president and she was going to be the disclosure president. She was going to, to get from the, um, the military intelligence complex, the DOD, what her husband was denied. And what may have been one of the reasons they were attacked so vociferously. Because when the, when the military intelligence complex found out that Rockefeller was in the White House and trying to get the files released, they went nuts. And I have a feeling that accounted for a lot of the attacks on the Clintons during All right, Steve, those, we're going to have eight years. Steve, we're going to have to take a break here. Please stand by. Always great talking to you, my friend. Exonation. Nation, Steve Bassett is our special guest this hour. www.paradigmresearchgroup.org. And uh, you can also follow Stephen on uh, Facebook at Steve Bassett. Also, Exopolitics World Net, uh, Network, Paradigm Research Group, World Disclosure Day, and a whole bunch of other Facebook pages. This man is busy. And he's the one, I believe, that is going to get to the bottom of all this. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. live in rapidly shifting times of extreme volatility and uncertainty. Such profound change brings a unique opportunity for the evolution of consciousness. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. 
host of Mission Evolution Radio Show, a program that explores the latest scientific developments and deepening spiritual truths supporting human evolution. Join me on XZBN.net, where I interview leading experts in science, physics, medicine, spirituality, and more. By applying divergent viewpoints to leading-edge topics, we uncover expansive and evolutionary truth to assist you on your path to enlightenment. More information and past episodes are available at MissionEvolution.org. And welcome back, everyone. Steve Bassett is our very special guest for this hour, www.paradigmresearchgroup.org. So, Steve, do you think that the powers to be, the powers behind the powers, actually had something to do with the, uh, the tilting of the scales during the last presidential election to keep Hillary Clinton from getting into the White House? No. No, the odds of her losing that election were extremely low. And uh, an extraordinary set of circumstances came about, which resulted in her losing. And we have a pretty yeah. good idea what those circumstances are. Uh, there have been quite, a, quite, a, quite an extensive uh, number of articles about that. Uh, you could list eight, nine, ten different things, any one of which, had it switched, gone the other way, would have resulted in her winning. Right. Because the margin was so 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 small, it was just a couple of states. Uh, so, no, no, history is just not that simple. It's messy, uh, and she did not become president. Tell but me, back in two thousand, yeah. mm-hmm. when when her husband left, they thought Gore was going to win. They felt strongly that Gore was going to win, and of course, that was virtually an extension of the Clinton political era. Yeah, uh, and I think had that happened, things would have there would have been some significant developments possibly disclosure during the Gore uh, presidency because he was very well respected, unlike Bill Clinton, by the military intelligence community, but, but very much connected to the Clintons, so they would have gotten a lot of the glory, or she was planning on being president in 2008 following Gore. But whatever, this legacy was going to be the Clintons, one way or the other, either directly or very or, or closely indirectly. And what happened, of course, is that Bush won the election, won two terms, and her first chance to become president and close the circle was uh, 2008. And she was way ahead, way, way ahead in the polls. They had kept silent about that connection to the ET issue during her husband's first term. But the advocacy movement had made a lot of progress. We'd gotten the documents confirming the Rockefeller Initiative. We put them out to the media year after year after year. The media did not cover it, but they knew about it. We had the websites up. Uh, the connection was being made constantly for the media to consider. And come 2008, lightning struck, and history arrived at uh, Barack Obama's door, mm-hmm. which put the Clintons in a very tough spot because it was probably almost immediately obvious to them that Obama was going to probably serve two terms because he had such an extremely strong base. And therefore, she was eight years away, eight more years away from the White House. It's 2000. And eight, and the advocacy movement is moving along. Progress is being made. The issue is getting more and more exposure. Uh, the truth embargo is becoming more and more vulnerable. Can she make it eight years? Well, there was a good chance that it, it was, it was going to break out before she got to the White House. So what happened is that the Clintons essentially appended themselves to the Obama administration, even though there was a lot of bad blood there during the campaign. Uh, Podesta, Rockefeller Initiative, right. co-chairman of the campaign transition, after Obama won, then they selected um, Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State, Liam Panetta, CIA director, tried to put Bill Richardson again, Rockefeller Initiative, into the uh, Secretary of Commerce position, uh, and so forth. Uh, and w- then the question is, what was going to happen? What happened, of course, is the Obama administration was very, very severely hamstrung by, well, let's say people committed to seeing that he didn't do anything. He got anything done at all in those years is really amazing because he, he walked into town unprepared without the power base, without the connections, with a significant portion of the population absolutely committed to his failing, including the Republican Party, 
which met in the evening of the inauguration and formally made a pact with with uh, Majority Leader O'Connell, uh, McConnell, uh, right there saying, you know, we're not going to allow him to achieve anything. And so that political capital was never there to make a move. Uh, and years go by. The, uh, the, the Clintons and Podesta, particularly rather, is, is, is frequently commenting about the ET issue, keeping that uh, connection alive, waiting her being in the White House because she was going to disclose. So that brings us up to the election. And as the election began, PRG broke through with the media in Washington, and we started generating article after article. The Rockefeller Initiative was outed. It was in print over and over again, links to the documents, so forth. Uh, the Clinton ET connection was completely outed by the print media during her two-year campaign. 400 articles were printed. They're linked on my website. You can go see them. Uh, the, the, she spoke to the issue on a talk show. Uh, so did her uh, husband, Bill. So did Barack Obama. Uh, they, 11 times they either gave an interview on the subject or gave uh, an interview to print media. Uh, people could not understand why they were doing this. Well, they were doing this because they were under tremendous pressure. The reporters were pressing them for responses to these articles, and they wouldn't respond to them. They stonewalled them. They didn't want this thing to get out of hand. It was a controlled response to the situation they were facing, which was the, the Rockefeller Initiative uh, reality had caught up with them. The advocacy movement had caught up with them, and she wasn't in the White House yet. This went on for two years, and the only reason we didn't, it didn't really explode during her campaign, which is what PRG was seeking, what I was seeking, because I, I wanted to blow out as a major story, and, and Barack Obama is going to be the disclosure president. It's going to force the, the hand of the White House and the Pentagon. But it didn't happen because the debates were moderated by multimillionaire talk show hosts who just don't take chances. They, they don't get into the really difficult, controversial stuff. They go with the fluff, uh, the sensational stuff, and some rudimentary questions. They're all multimillionaires, and they failed us miserably. And so we had all these campaign debates and, and forums. Not a single question about this connection to the ET issue by the leading presidential candidate that had been written up in virtually every major paper in the country, as well as hundreds of foreign language press. Utter, utter disgrace, journalistically speaking. So she got through it, and she's on her way. Uh, and we're heading toward the election. I'm, I'm, I'm not unhappy because so much press had been generated. I got, I got 42 reporters I'm on a source relationship with. The moment she is elected, they're going to be on her to talk about every single comment they made and all of this material that had come out in the print media. And she would have just had to hold them off for 70 days. She makes the White House, and then she goes to the Pentagon and says, folks, it's over. Let's, we're going to tell the people this now. But something happened, as you know. Two things happened. Yep. Uh, two things that are most important to our discussion. The WikiLeaks dumped out the 50,000 emails from John Podesta's files, his server, and she lost. Now, this was a catastrophe for the political uh, initiative that PRG had spent $50,000 and two and a half years uh, working on. Uh, it, wasn't a political, it wasn't a partisan political disaster. I didn't vote for her. I didn't vote for either of the two key candidates, but that's, that's irrelevant. My issue is nonpartisan. It was a disaster for the disclosure movement, but it wasn't just a problem for me because, and this is where things get really interesting, Something else was going on that I didn't know about until March of 2016. All throughout the political initiative that PRG was running, all throughout 2015 and 2014, even going back to the citizen hearing mm -hmm. that I conducted and produced in Washington, D.C. at the National Press Club, there was something going on. And what, what it was was this. People inside the military intelligence complex who have access to television and radio and newspapers, just like the rest of us, believe it or not, as well as a lot of other, you know, information sources that none of us have. Uh, we're following, they're, they're watching all this unfold. They're, they're watching, uh, this, they're, they're aware of the statements by John Podesta over the years. They're aware of the Coalition for Freedom of Information, his comments about releasing, releasing all the UFO files, his support for Leslie Kane's book, and so forth. They're aware of all of this. And what your listeners have to understand, uh, and sometimes it's hard to do that, but from the beginning, going back to 1947, right up until 2017, there are plenty of people 
inside the Department of Defense, inside the CIA and the DIA and the NSA, inside the Congress, inside the White House staff, that are fully aware there's an extraterrestrial presence. It's not like they're all, only, only us crazy people out here who read Stanton Friedman's books and other things and pay attention know this. Of course they know it. You don't, and they didn't have to get briefed by the CIA to know it. The evidence is actually in the public domain. That doesn't mean they're going to do anything about it because this is the highest classified matter in the United States government. And uh, the consequences of screwing with this are severe. And so they've gone along with the truth embargo, not 10, 20, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. But they're there, and they're watching what's unfolding out in the public domain, and they're aware of this whole Clinton-ET connection as well as her intense desire to be a president of the United States. And so what happened? In 2014, they see this political initiative launch, and they start seeing these articles turning up, talking about this connection. Not one, not two, but many, hundreds. They, and then they start seeing John Podesta speaking out to the issue. They see Bill Clinton going on uh, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, her going on. All, they're watching all this unfold. And they realized that she was going to win the White House because she was the, the leading candidate. Yeah. No one was close. And she was going to disclose the extraterrestrial presence, and they were going to be sitting there holding the bag, meaning she's a great truth teller. Here, finally, we can tell you. And then throw the, the military intelligence complex under the bus, those bad old guys over there. They just wouldn't give anything out, and they classified everything. They stonewalled the presidents, and they're just really bad. we got a clean house over there. And they did not like that. And they were thinking, what do we do? What do we do? This is going on early on. All right, Late 2014. Steve. All right, Steve, uh, we've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Explanation, uh, Stephen Bassett is our special guest this hour, www.paradigmresearchgroup.org. And Steve and I will be back as we continue this edition of the Exxon Radio Show from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. You can check out all the other broadcast shows that we have available online at www.xzbn.net. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. AVS Media. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 
401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Steve Ambassador is our guest, www.paradigmresearchgroup.org. And uh, Steve, if you can continue this fascinating story, I'd appreciate it. It gets more fascinating, Rob. It's it's really something. And it's the first time I've ever had what I consider a clear narrative on what's been going on all the way back to 93. Wow. uh, When things really got going after the Cold War. I always felt the truth embargo's days were numbered as soon as the Cold War was over. I didn't think it would take this long, but I'm not surprised uh, that it's happening. But it's messy, and there's really no way to predict how it would unfold. Uh, too many moving parts, too many people involved. So something else is going on uh, besides the, the Pentagon and the people inside that are aware of this issue, which there are many. Mm-hmm as they see the eminent possibility that there's going to be a disclosure by the president and they're going to get thrown under the bus. They felt they needed uh, to do something, right? How could they uh, preempt or at least inoculate themselves a little bit against some of the worst of the PR that's heading their way? They needed to get out somehow. They needed to get information out. They needed to take some positive steps. But understand, they work for the president. They, they, they theoretically can't do anything without the president's approval through his appointed secretary of defense, et cetera, et cetera. So they're in a tough spot. Well, as it happened, there was this fellow, 42-year-old rock star, Blink-182, angel in airways, sold 30 million records. He's really into this issue, has been all the way back since he was a teenager. And he's been around this issue and worked with some, you know, and encountered some of the people. Right. Uh, and he had plenty of money, so he could fly anywhere he wanted to if there was some meeting going on, some national security kind of thingy that the public could be invited to. He could fly there, book a hotel, go to it, try to buttonhole somebody that he thought was insider. He'd been doing that, pecking away. Uh, fine. Working it, as uh, George Knapp says. And one day, he knocked on a door, and they opened it and said, come on in. Tom, let's talk. And I, I, I don't know if he was surprised at that or not, but he probably felt he'd earned it. And they all started to talk with Tom DeLong. Why? Because the thing that Tom had been, Tom had been pitching was, boy, you guys need to start maybe getting some information out to the public. Uh, you need some PR. You need to find a way to let people know that you're not the evil bad guys, that you've been defending the country for seven decades. Incredibly difficult situation, the Cold War. Uh, all of these decisions were national security. Uh, and um, and I, I, I can help you do that because I've got all these connections in media, multimedia. Uh, I'm known all over the world. I mean, see, obviously not an insider, right? I'm just right. a rock guy. But that means people are going to be comfortable. And I, I think this is an idea that I could shepherd for you. And, of course, I'll spend my money, not yours, because you can't spend money. And they said, Tom, we like this. Let's do it. So all throughout 2015, 
a, pro- a pro- project was being put together. I knew nothing about it. The project was announced by Tom DeLong for the very first time on Coast to Coast AM with George Knapp. Three-hour interview. I think it was uh, March 27th. Easy to find on their archive. And I'm listening to this, and I'm going, okay, what's happening? And he's then telling George, well, I've been meeting with people in the, the CIA and the DOD and NASA, insiders, high-level people, and I'm going, really? And I pitched them this idea. We're going we're gonna to start bringing information out in multimedia format, books, nonfiction is fiction books, and documentary, who knows, other, films of other types. And they have provided a 10-person advisory team to give me the information that will be moving out to the public. And I'm going, are oh, you got to be kidding me? No way. There's just no way that, the, that classified people under deep security in, in, in the DOD or the CIA have set up an advisory team for a rock star to bring out information related to this issue to the public in a sort of a soft, comfortable, but still profound way. But he happened to mention that the first book in this process would be published soon called Secret Machines. Fiction, but relaying some truth in a fictional form. And I said, okay. One month later, Secret Machines was published. And I knew it was real. I'm going, holy mackerel. And so this project was put together, uh, and I believe the intention was to launch it right after the election, during the transition period. Because the, the, the intention was to get ahead of this issue before any disclosure could be, t- t- could be generated by the, the, a new President Clinton. Obviously, if they wait till after she's elected, they might, she might preempt them. And so I believe that's when they intend to do it, sometime in that uh, late November period, mid-November, maybe early December. Well, then things went cockamamie. Podesta's emails are released, and guess what? There's, Tom DeLong is all over those emails. And what we learned is that he'd been approaching the Podesta. They had been interacting, corresponding. Podesta gave him an interview for a documentary. There's a photo of him there with Tom DeLong. Certain pe- people inside were mentioned that Tom DeLong was introducing to Podesta. We also quickly figured out that he had not approached the Republican election. He'd only approached the, uh, the Democratic campaign and Podesta. Fine. I, I understand why. It's pretty obvious. This wasn't supposed to happen. And so this really created a problem for them because this was a complicated, difficult uh, project that they were trying to produce, which even now I'm, I'm still not sure how they pulled it off. And they, which meant they had to sort of regroup a little bit, but I, it was probably fixable. And then a few days later, or maybe a week or so later after those emails started being dropped, she lost the election. Yeah. And their whole thing blew up. Boom. What are we going to do now? She's not going to be president, and there's not going to be disclosure. We have another president. We don't know what the hell's going to happen with him. And we still don't. So they just stepped back. They, yeah, still don't. They stepped back and, and just watched uh, over the coming months. Maybe things would settle down. Maybe they'd, they'd, they'd see uh, the new president pivot into a uh, pretty, uh, how would you say, uh, more of a standard modality and, and things could be worked, worked out, what have you. But that's not what happened. It got worse and worse and worse. And I'm watching this. I'm wondering, hmm, are they going to put it off indefinitely? Are they going to wait till after the midterms? But they had a second problem. And that problem had a name. Vladimir Putin. Now, all the way back to 2000, I, you know, you know how many shows I've done. Oh, it's probably over yeah, twelve hundred now, at least. Very rarely do I miss an opportunity to talk about Vladimir Putin. And why do I do that? It's simple. I'm trying to send a message not only to Putin, but certainly to the, the White House and to the, the, the Department of Defense. Guys, unless Vladimir is on your payroll, you do understand that he can announce the ET presence to the Russian people anytime he wants to. In which case. Everybody's holding the bag on this side of the pond. Exactly. The DOD, the CIA, and the White House. Yeah. That's a geopolitical disaster for you. Right? And I just want to get that message to him. That was my way of saying, get, it, get going, guys. Get going. There was a space race. This is the disclosure race. You lost the space race, so you finally caught up. You don't want to lose this race. And I've been doing that for all the way since 2001. Well, in 2016, or 17, rather, when I fled the United States and 
deep depression and went to London where I have some nice supporters. And I really love riding around the underground tube. It's kind of nice. I got a call almost as soon as I landed in London from, from a Russian network saying, we want to interview you in London. Ren TV, 400 stations, 120 million viewer base. I said, yeah, I'll be happy to interview you with you, but not in London, only if it's in Moscow. And they said, if you can get a visa and, and pay your ticket, fine, we'll interview you here. And I flew to Moscow on March, May the 3rd. And that very morning gave a one and a half hour interview to this station. Five months later, they did use a little bit of this interview in one of their shows. But that wasn't what, what I was after. This one and a half, interview, a half hour interview, was in, which is on my website now, and has been delivered to the media. They've done nothing with it, though they have in the U.K., uh, went to places that no one has ever gone on Russian media. I talked about Putin. I talked about Putin as a disclosure president. I talked about exopolitics vis-a-vis Russia and, and the United States. No one had ever done this on Russian media. I'd done it in English media or American media, but not in Russian media, let alone on Russian soil. And to make sure, well, I knew the CIA would know that I was there. I mean, they, I've been around too long. If, if Bassett goes to, they're going to know. <laughs> and so they knew I was going there. But did the Kremlin know? Well, uh, I, a, 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 a colleague of mine out of uh, Italy uh, who had a lot of connections in Moscow set up six meetings for me. With uh, Each meeting had about three to five people. And most of these people had worked for the Soviet or Russian government in military or political positions. And it dealt with the ET issue, and we're still dealing with it now that they were out of government. Uh, this could have been incredibly interesting discussions, except I've got four Russians in front of me and a, and a reasonably good but not great interpreter. And exactly how much can you accomplish? You really can. It's more of a get to know how are you, how you doing. I didn't care because I knew if I took those six meetings, there was no way the Kremlin would not know I was there. And so then the question was, well, first, can I get out of the country, which I was able to do? What's going to happen with that video? What's going to happen? Are, are they going to block it? Are they going to, uh, uh, if, they, if he doesn't want anything to do with this, this is never going to see the light of day. Well, months, a couple months went by. Uh, and the first indication that things were fine uh, was uh, the, an article appeared in Pravda RU. And I'm paraphrasing the title, but it was something like UFO activists, wants Vladimir Putin to disclose, something like that. I need, to, I need to get the exact title of that. I've got it on my website, of course. And I'm going, there is no way that article makes it into Pravda RU. All right, Steve, we're going to have to do there. the final cliffhanger here because I've got to take my final break. Exonation, Stephen mm-hmm. Bassett is our special guest, www.paradigmresearchgroup.org. We'll be back after this hour as we wrap up here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Wow. Truth is stranger than fiction, and this is just one of the great examples that you'll hear here in the Exxon. Don't go away. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand worldwide and more does this sound like tomorrow's television well it is but you can have it today right now it is simul tv simul tv offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like exone sci-fi and horror we are worldwide no other provider offers that 500 built-in video games no need to have an extra expensive system we have them included free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. 
Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. The concept of a new age has been around since the late 19th century, yet much of its original meaning has been lost. What exactly is the new age? Is it a religion? A collection of obscure esoteric practices? A series of doomsday predictions? Or an astrological event? The New Age Chronicles is a unique, complementary publication bringing reason and grounded information to separate fact from fiction. Chuck full of valuable information to support you as we make the monumental shift into the new era. You won't want to miss a single innovative issue. The New Age Chronicles newspaper is coming soon to www.newagechronicles.com. All right, Exonation, uh, this is one of the most amazing stories that I've heard. And if it was coming from anyone else but Steve Bassett, I'd say, uh-huh, sure. I've had the pleasure of knowing Steve. Let's see, I've been doing the show now for 28 years, for about 28 years. We've had him on the Exxon TV show. We've done many of interviews with Steve. And Steve, I just can't believe that this is not running wild around the world. It's all Trump all the time, Rob, right now. And until that changes, uh, there are lots of interesting and profound things that are going to remain on back burners with the media. And I, I understand that. I accept it. Okay, Steve. So, so if we can finalize this, because we've got about uh, 10 minutes left. Uh, we've just got... enough time. Okay. So take it away, my friend. So just for the break, I was saying that uh, I was... I'd gone to Moscow specifically to do an interview, specifically to create... Uh, a bit of a kerfuffle, generate some heat. Uh, and the one thing I want to find out is, if I do this, will the Kremlin block it? Well, the first indication that they weren't going to block it was that an article in Pavda RU, which had a headline to the effect that ufologists, activists, whatever, uh, wants Putin to disclose, something like that. And then they did run a little bit of the interview, nothing political, in one of their shows. Okay, fine. Then I got the full English language version out of Russia, not not the high-end uh, network version. Right. So the, the, the video is a little little crude, but it could right. be enhanced. I just don't have the time and money to do it. Uh, and I got that, okay? And then I put it up. Uh, I started putting up pieces of it. No, no, no blowback, no problems. No problems inside Russia that I know of either. And so I said, okay, the Kremlin is perfectly fine with, with this message being out there, which means that Putin almost certainly has not ruled out taking that step. And, and essentially uh, taking one of the greatest political uh, uh, legacies of all time, the first head of state to end the truth embargo and, and tell the world they're not alone in this universe, it's going to be written up for a long time. So, so far, so good. And then everything else happened, as you know, we yeah. talked about. Clinton loses the election. So two, this, this, this project that had been put together was probably put on hold, and I'm waiting, and then uh, only about 10 months go by, and lo and behold, they went ahead and, and launched it. October the 11th, 2017, a Facebook video. Low-key, nothing heavy. They, they've been relatively low-key about this from the beginning. And they put up the website, but it was a big deal. To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science. Ten people on the key team. All of them had classified jobs. Pentagon, NASA, Skunk Works, CIA, DOD, DIA. Uh, these are high-level career people who had top security clearances working in multiple projects for 30 years. Uh, most significant team ever put together in the public sector. They were announced. It was announced they were going to create a public benefit company, raise money to look at various technologies as well as the ET issue and perhaps related technologies to that. A big project with big vision. 
And whoa, I'm going, that is heavy. I later learned that there's about 30, maybe 40 people inside behind them. They're not some rogue group that broke out of the Pentagon one day and decided to come tell us stuff. This is backed up by people inside. How they got the authorization is not known. How high authorization went, we don't know. But this was announced. It was a big deal. And, of course, all, by the way, everything that I'm talking about is on my website in various places. You can find it all. Hundreds of links to articles, video. I've got 80 interviews with this team, roughly, that have been, been shown or aired, uh, as well as TV coverage, all up on my website. And so I'm going, why did they decide to go ahead and launch on October 11th rather than wait longer? And I finally decided there was one reason. Uh, they, they had a huge problem. The toothpaste was out of the tube. The, the horses were out of the barn. The cat was out of the bag. Uh, they'd announced it back. You know, she had, he had put the book out. It was out there. For them to just simply go silent was going to really not sit well with the people. And so they took the chance and they launched. And, and the key reason was that they, they, couldn't, they couldn't discount the Putin factor. He could announce it any time. And while they might want to wait for this Trump uh, hurricane to, to subside... Uh, Putin may act. And as you know, <laughs> Putin has been jerking our chain for a while here. Sure has. It's not like he is a super close ally to us, just trying to be nice and make sure he doesn't upset us. The guy has been, been all over us, driving us crazy. Not that we don't drive him crazy. <laughs> and so they couldn't discount that. So they launched on October the 11th. The next thing they did was to put a story right in the New York Times. As part, a very, This is all planned. Uh, announcing that they had three gun camera footages, first ever released by the U.S. government to American people of UAP intercepts, including the Nimitz case. They announced that, yeah, there had been a study uh, put together by uh, and, and, and forced on the Pentagon by Senate Majority Leader Reid, and they announced that the person that prompted Reid to do this and was involved and received some of the money in this study program called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identifications Program, 2007-2012, was none other than Robert Bigelow meaning he was connected to this project, the Two Stars Academy. And it was not other than Robert Bigelow, who just a few months before they announced the Two Stars Academy is when he was interviewed on 60 Minutes, I think it was May something, and, uh, and said flat out to Laura Logan, there's an extraterrestrial presence here. And when she said, aren't you worried people will think you're crazy? He said, I don't give a damn. And then she hit him again. You mean they're here? And he said, yeah. A Bigelow... A Bigelow Aerospace founder, billionaire, with a with an 18-year contract to NASA that had just gotten his first uh, habitats tested on the ISS, apparently didn't have any concerns about telling the world, yeah, there's extraterrestrials here. That happened in May. Then the announcement came in October. And so the situation is this. Right now, and I never thought I'd ever say this, the disclosure advocacy movement is being led by the military intelligence community. They've made a decision that they are going to be on the people's side. They're going to start releasing information, which is clearly going to help drive the process so that whatever comes down, whether it's Putin or whether it's a president, a president of the United States, they are going to be in a better position. This is a PR program as well as a disclosure program. And it's ongoing right now, and they, it, they've it slowed down a little bit. They're, they're not rushing it. Mm -hmm. They are absolutely not violating any laws. They're not releasing anything classified. They're not violating the non-disclosure agreements. They never say the word extraterrestrial in the context of it's extraterrestrial. But what they do, if you go listen to the interviews, whether it's Louis Elizondo or Christopher Mellon, what you hear them say is, we're not saying it's extraterrestrial, but it's extraterrestrial. Now, the latest development on this To the Stars Academy project was that just a few days ago, June the 5th, at the SSC, combined SSC, the Society for, I'm sorry, Society for Scientific Exploration uh, and the International Remote Viewing Association held a joint event in, in uh, Las Vegas, mm -hmm. and Hal put off gave a presentation in which, for the very first time, he spoke about his involvement with the ET issue. He obviously was involved with the To the Stars team because he was listed as one of the ten people, but he hadn't said anything. 
And he gets up there and he gives his presentation. Well, I got the transcript of it. And it's up on my website right now. And it's going to go out as a press release soon. So if you go to ParadigmResearchGroup.org, Disclosure Wire, which is my blog, the very first, the latest uh, edition is the full transcript of, of uh, the legendary Dr. Hal Putoff's uh, statement. And he basically says, uh, yeah, the government's been dis- d- d- investigating this all along. Uh, they claim to have closed down programs. That's not true. He describes the uh, aerial vehicles. Advanced, he calls them advanced, aerial, air, air, advanced aerospace vehicles and makes it absolutely clear they're, they're, they're operating in a way that humans simply cannot do, which kind of leaves very little to the imagination, does it? Uh, it is a very amazing presentation. And what has happened here is how put up after all these years come out of the closet. In fact, all 10 of them, in a way, have come out of the closet. And so right now, you have people all over the government, all in the DOD, CIA, everywhere, in there, who know about the ET president, scratching their head, going, I wonder if I should say something. Should we do something? Should we come forward? What's going on here? It seems like the, the, the wrapping is coming off the package. Do we want to be holding the bag? I mean, I'm sure internally, but all of this is completely masked because of this incredible political hurricane going on. And I get that. Right. But when that hurricane finally passes, this story is going to be there. And it's the biggest news story in history. Let me ask you this. Essentially, the the truth embargo is coming undone and the military intelligence complex, amazingly enough, is playing a key role. I've got about a minute and a half yes, left, Stephen. Uh, first of all, thanks so much for coming mm-hmm. on the show. Always a great pleasure uh, talking to you, my friend. Keep the great work up. But what happens, Steve, hypothetically? Tomorrow morning, Putin decides to spill the beans, and he dumps the, or he does the disclosure, not the United States. Massive embarrassment for the United States, massive public relations problem for the president and for the Department of Defense and the military intelligence complex. Putin ascends to the front stage is a major truth-telling leader in the world. Russia is elevated on the, national, on the world stage. Um, uh, it's a, a massive victory for him in Russia uh, and puts them in the, uh, in the forefront of the post-disclosure world and the, the, uh, the incredible policies that are going to unfold. Uh, the technology comes out. Russia's going to get credit for all of this. And the U.S. will be a hangdog coming in second, looking at its shoes, going shuffling its feet. Going, well, you know, we wanted to tell you, but it wasn't convenient or whatever. It's a disaster. Now, look, long term, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Long term, it doesn't matter. You go out 100 years, it doesn't matter. Short term, there are consequences as to who does the, who is the first disclosure head of state. Stephen, and I believe it's in the interest of the U.S. to be the first because we can then take the steps to reform and hopefully continue to lead the world uh, in a good direction as opposed to down the usual direction of war. Stephen, we have to say so long for tonight. We'll get you back on in the near future. Whenever you want to uh, let us know what's going on, we'd be more than happy to get you back on. So until then, my friend, take care. Thanks, Rob. Safe travels and exonation. You too. Visit www. Are you ready for this? Do you have your pencils and paper ready? Okay, it's very simple. ParadigmResearchGroup.org. I'll be back on the other side of the news. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? 
Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.